Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. Hello everyone and welcome to the Best Damn Camp, a Royal Inverse read-along and analysis podcast that sets out to read all the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. I'm your host Fran and welcome to the show. Today we continue our timeline journey with The Last Olympian, Chapter 5, I Drive My Dog Into a Tree, and Chapter 6, My Cookies Get Scorched. As always, I've got my points to focus on, so today we've got plot, setup, characters and generally what I thought of it. But to begin, here's the synopsis. It's finally time for Percy to follow the advice of Nico. Shadow travel, traumatic childhoods, a message from a forgotten god and a blessing from Sally. With all that out of the way, we head down to the underworld. Is everyone ready? I think the answer is no. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Alright, before I get in, I do want to remind everyone, because I'm going to do this at the start of every episode now, I am a big Percy Jackson fan, I've got tattoos, I've got quotes, I've got everything, but just because I love the books doesn't mean I can't be critical of them. With with that out of the way, let's dive into chapter 5, I Drive My Dog Into a Tree. And this is the overview for chapter 5. The bestest girl returns. Percy meets and beats a very old satyr, and then fat shames him too. Not cool, Percy. We hear from Beckendorf. Nico's plan is dangerous, but will help fight Luke. The only problem? We've got to find out about his past. But don't worry, I'm sure it'll be fine. We just have to run into a tree to do it. And that is the overview for chapter 5. Not a lot happens in chapter 5. Um, the only thing that pops up in terms of plot, um, or at least story-wise, is that Grover has officially gone missing, hence the whole Sator element here. So Grover hasn't been seen for a long while. He's been ousted by, obviously, the whole uh, Cloven Elders. He's basically a traitor in their eyes. Um, and he was going out and recruiting different nymphs and naias, basically all the nature spirits to help fight Kronos uh, against the orders, obviously, of the Cloven Elders, but they all seemingly to be a bunch of cowards. Um, but he hasn't been heard from in a long, long while, and Juniper, his girlfriend, is a little bit nervous. And Percy is also because his empathy link has gone silent in a sense. He doesn't know if that means that Grover is dead or not because Grover thought he'd probably die as well if if Grover died which honestly is just very concerning as a whole. Um, But the fact that it's gone quiet is concerning Um, and Nico mentions also because Nico is back (laughs) um, and is with uh, Juniper having accidentally nearly run into her after popping out of a tree from shadow travelling 
Um, he can't help, unfortunately, in that sense because he can only sense the mortals passing. If Grover did die, he would he wouldn't be able to tell because he'd be reborn into something natural which is not something that Nico can do but it is with this discussion in After Juniper Leaves that we do learn a bit more about Nico and I, I'm coming to appreciate Nico a little bit I still have my problems with him but I'm coming to appreciate him a little bit more and he has changed a lot and honestly this is something that I do appreciate he has a lot more control over his powers than Percy does which is impressive to me his emotional state still a bit iffy but hell he's doing a great he's doing great for a kid who is on his own completely like okay to me nico is evidence of how much stronger percy could be if he actually attempted to learn anything seriously how has a kid with two years less experience of being a demigod got more knowledge and talent and ability and skill over his powers than a kid who's known he's a demigod for nearly five years like seriously how how is that possible but also i appreciate actually just to go with the fact that nico can obviously commune with the dead that even though nico didn't seem to really know much about beckendorf he still took the time to speak with him and find out and just kind of as it sounds like kind of see him off to the underworld in a sense and learn that he's heading for Oh, I think he said Elysium. Is it Elysium? Because he's not got he's not going to the Isle of the Blessed, he's waiting for someone at Elysium. Um but I just thought considering this kid this kid is twelve, he's gone through a lot and yeah, he's he's really kind of he's more grown up. Um and I just appreciate that. Even though he didn't know this this guy, he still took the time to speak with him and just kind of see him off. I thought it was really nice. Um but yeah, it just shows to me just how little that Percy has progressed and this kid who's only been around for two books has more control over his powers than Percy does and can use his powers a lot better than Percy does. That's kind of wild to me. Um, well, not wild, it's hilarious to me that a kid who is the same age that Percy was when he started this demigod journey is better than Percy. Um yeah it was just it was interesting um it does i do have a lot of questions um about how apathy nico got to do with the fact that percy was still kind of doubtful about this plan of his um so lots of questions here but um other than that honestly nothing else really happens in this chapter it's all prep and set up for them doing shallow travel to go to their next destination which is to learn more about luke's past by going to see his mother in Connecticut is that how it's said yeah in Connecticut um which is where we're going to head to next honestly guys this is what I was saying there is there was not a lot to talk about in this first chapter um but I've got a lot to say in this next one so let's move on to chapter six my cookies get scorched and this is the overview for chapter six. Luke is slash was a rich white boy, but there's always something behind the picturesque image. Um, like the house is huge. It's like full on colonial picket fence sort of looking mansion. Um, I'd probably call it, but evidently American houses are so much bigger in general to UK houses. So maybe it's not actually what 
amount I don't know anyway um <laughs> make a stillin isn't all there cursed and always waiting for a son who will never come home we meet Hestia goddess of the hearth who offers wisdom returning to the greatest mother she reluctantly gives her blessing finally finally Percy understands more about Luke with the process out of the way it's time we head for death I mean the underworld and um, this is just sort of a side note headcanon that I have so it's mentioned when Percy heads back to his mum's house um, that she's got like she's like got dark circles under her eyes because she's started working on this novel that she's been wanting to write for so many years and the dark circles is that she stayed up late writing and obviously I'm I feel you, Sally. Um, yes, because guys, remember, I'm writing a novel. If you guys are interested in learning more about my writing, um, go to my website for jessicamcbarn.com. <laughs> I'll link it in the episode show notes. Um, but she's she's writing, and it just made me wonder, is she the writer of Percy Jackson, maybe? Hmm. Like maybe she's writing about his adventures and like all this information she's getting from him, or maybe she's the ghost writer for him for the books all the same i think she's the writer uh headcanon accepted no ifs ands or buts if anyone fights me i'll fight back um but let's move on to the plot uh, which is also sort of set up in this regard so we learn about may and luke castellan in this chapter and honestly this is absolutely devastating um, and it it still gets me now because it's just really sad when we see and learn about May. Um, but it, it has taken five books, but we're finally learning more about Luke and what he must have gone through. And Percy himself is also finally realising what happened and not necessarily feeling sympathy because apparently Percy is incapable for some people. But as, as I found out because I had to Google what age people are in third grade but around eight or nine as Percy does in this moment he experienced his mother's like trauma in a sense like she will have what I guess could be described as fits in the sense of like doubling over her eyes turning green her voice going weird sort of similar to the oracle um and at this point like as a kid he wouldn't have known he was a demigod so that would have would have traumatized Luke in return like he would have no idea what was happening to his mother and as Percy pointed out he was abandoned by his father Hermes to live with this and to deal with this as a child his mother not being able to look after him or herself having these fits with glowing eyes speaking sort of half prophecies half truths or something like that like in this moment with uh, Percy and Nico she says um what was her exact wording um something about a curse on my boy that there's a fate of my boy and all these sort of things and um uh not his fate oh yeah yeah must protect him Hermes help not my child not his fate so she seemed to recognize something that was going on and just imagine like a child witnessing this and having to deal with it and the fact that even like Percy at one point had to catch her because otherwise she was going to smash her head on the table imagine a child having to deal with that at the same time as well and just having absolutely no idea all of that without knowing demigods and greek gods are alive would be horrifying 
um, and then eventually finding out the truth and that he was abandoned by this parent to deal with this whole situation it would make anyone grow bitter and as Percy comes to realise like unlike Luke with May Percy always had his mum to support him and care for him Luke never had that he was in a sense probably the caregiver and the sad part is that Luke seemed to both want to protect his mum but also to get away from her at the same time she mentions that he wanted the monsters to leave her alone so he would he would leave and maybe the monsters would leave her um but there's also probably i don't think i can comfortably call it a selfish side but it's also sort of a selfish side of him wanting to be free from her as well which is why he also ran like it's just it's it's a heartbreaking thought that this child had to go through that and then was on the run from a young age at eight or nine like that's that's a lot but it's just it is sort of sad that seeing may and what luke must have gone grown up with is what has percy finally considered what luke must have gone through he doesn't seem to really like until this point even though annabeth has been trying to tell him things and has been clear that their relationship there is something there that like and even knowing annabeth's story although he seems to think she's making it up sometimes but it seems like percy needs so much evidence for a situation for him to kind of look at things from a different perspective he does have a very black and white way of looking at things which i think is a bit of a problem but to get on to characters actually and, and percy in particular it is his moment with may that kind of it makes me sad but also slightly and obviously the, the whole books themselves are dated and it's also something that people continue to use i'm not a fan of the use of the term crazy towards her because i don't think that's fair because she's not she i don't even know the best way to describe it and i i mean there's probably a problem um but it's just i i don't know i think it's just really like he is very judgmental like his initial thought of me is that she looks like someone who sticks her finger in plug sockets and calls her crazy I just don't think that's a nice way of thinking of it. Just like, I feel there should be more of a sympathetic edge towards it. Like, this is a woman, like, he's seeing years and years worth of food in Tupperware boxes dotted around the place. And she thinks that he and Nico are Luke at different points. Like, she thinks her son has come home. She's convinced. It's just, he sees all these things and yet he still has judgment and calls her crazy and thinks she looks crazy and all these sort of things um and it, it takes him a while to eventually realize the sadness of it all um but the fact that it takes him some time to feel sympathy and sadness towards her not even in that moment it takes him going home to his mum and realizing what his mum went through and the fact that he is lucky to have had his mum is when his sympathy for her really kind of comes out i okay Millie, i am probably being too hard on percy but it it has always rubbed me a little bit the wrong way that both he and nico were just there to use her for information and even when they saw what she'd gone through and what she was like and the fact that she clearly was desperate for her son and to see him and that she was just she was so 
stuck waiting for him and yet they didn't seem to really feel a sense of sympathy towards her until afterwards I know it's just it's something that's always made me feel a little bit sad just because I feel like Maker Stalin just never got a break in in this book and story um and it's just it's just kind of sad a little bit um and I just I feel it, if anything what I would have appreciated is for if for Percy to mention what happened with May to his mum and his mum showing the sympathy of like oh that poor woman just all alone there and have him because really, he is a kid really he is a kid so I give him the benefit of doubt in that well teenager he should probably know a little bit better um but I'll give him the benefit there but I feel what would have been good is if he'd mentioned what May was like to Sally and for because it's the whole thing that kids learn their sympathy and empathy in these things from the experiences of other other people around them if Sally had shown sympathy and like the devastation was like oh I can't even imagine what that would be like waiting for your child to come back and not knowing what's happened to them because she obviously she knows what's gone on with Luke at this point as well she knows that Luke is in a sense gone have her mention that she's like I can't even imagine not knowing that her son is a completely different person now and just being stuck waiting for him to come home and have that as that moment of Percy realising and having this sympathy and empathy for May and even though obviously she has these fits and she has these sort of these problems in a sense of something that had gone wrong in her past that had been stuck with her and plagued her for years now have him have that empathy towards her I think that's all I need. I just need to see some sim- further sympathy and empathy from him towards May for everything that she's gone through. And I feel like I didn't see enough of that for me to kind of be okay with it. I feel that there needed to be more sympathy towards May. Um, I may be getting just too emotionally invested in it just because I have this whole thing of... You guys know, I talk about my mental health a lot. Um, but there are some people I feel like I can't talk about my mental health to because they will not be sympathetic they there are people who've called me lazy because my depression affects me to a point where sometimes I can't do things or I there are just days I just don't want to do anything um and I have been called lazy in that regard but no it's just that I physically just cannot bring myself to do it because my depression has hit me so hard I know that whole obviously in this case this is a curse in some form that she has like these oracle like tendencies but in a sense it would be sort of like a mental health based element um and the fact that instead she's being brushed off as crazy and all these sort of things it's it does touch home for someone who does have mental health issues that that is something that is referenced to me like the fact that so i have ptsd as well the fact that i'm jumpy about some things the fact that i will never go out at night by myself these are things that people have actually used the term crazy towards me it's like oh this is a bit ridiculous that's a bit crazy you won't go out at night no what are you going to do when you move out alone it's like well i just won't go out at night so like sometimes i end up having to justify things that are just it's part of my mental health it's just something that is a part of me but the language that people do use towards me about it just shows a lack of respect and understanding and I know these books are dated and mental health was not a big discussion around the time that this was being this was out um I just feel like it could have been done better um 
but that's a personal thing that's just me just kind of projecting onto it but uh yeah I think it's just something that's just kind of come to my attention um but anyway just in terms of make a stand actually I want to go to this week's question of the episode um and that is what did the story and meeting make Estella make you feel um and obviously that question is going up on all of our social media drop me your answers there drop me an email as well if you have further thoughts about what I've brought up today um to know all of our episodes at least for the foreseeable future depending how people uh react and how nice or unnice they are on youtube uh, i will be releasing these episodes up on my youtube channel at healthy dose of friend also if you want to pop them up elsewhere um i will be having some special episodes coming soon where there will be visuals so there'll be me and other guests that will be up on my youtube channel also um but yeah that'll be going up there so uh go subscribe to my youtube channel healthy dose of friend um but yeah, so anyway, that question will go into our social media. I would love to know your thoughts about Make Stalin. Um, as always, though, I want to thank you all for joining me today for today's chapters. Be sure to join me next Wednesday as we continue our own verse journey. Now, to plug where you can find our podcast, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audioboom, Stitcher, Deezer, and all other podcasting platforms. In the meantime, between episodes, you can find the Best Damn Camp on various social media, a Best Damn Camp pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to email me with your own thoughts, you can email thebestdamncamp at hotmail.com and I'll read it out at the end of the show. If you want to support me making this content, check me out on Patreon at a healthy dose of Fran. Want to know more about my upcoming writing? Drop me a follow at a dose of Fran on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I also now have an author mailing newsletter, so if you want more information, be sure to subscribe to my newsletter. Again, thank you guys for tuning in. As always, I have been Fran, your very own hunter, and I'll see slash meet you guys next time. Be healthy, you guys.